We're back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed. And I'm your host, John. And we got a really, really, really good episode coming up with a friend, I would call him, that I've met through LinkedIn. His name's Maurice Philogene. He is a real estate investor who is financially free. He is uh, a part owner, I, I would say, of Quattro Capital. That is a, they do mo- mostly multifamily and commercial real estate. Uh, but I guess they're also involved with some other ventures. But I met him through LinkedIn. I've been using him to communicate and almost as a, a mentor in a lot of ways. And he's a philanthropist. He loves to give back. He also has a long uh, career history, working nine to five jobs. He was also, he was a police, he was in the police at some point, police officer. Or what What was it specifically that he, that he mentioned? Um, like a street cop, he said. Yeah, he was a street cop. He was uh, an IT executive. He's had a long, diverse career. He's tried a lot of things, met a lot of people, and he just he brings a lot of value to the table, and he's willing to share and help everyone around him that also wants to embark on these types of journeys that involve financial freedom. Yeah, so I think hearing his story is, 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 could be such a valuable experience. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're able to do that this week, and I think you guys are going to love it. Yeah, me too. And it kind of also shows that you don't need to be a crypto millionaire or a huge successful business owner. He's proof that, you know, just years of saving your money and effectively utilizing it in real estate investments is enough to put you in a position where you're not or where you're living the life that you want. That can still involve a job and there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I'll digress. Exactly. All right. So I guess uh, let's get straight to it. We're super excited to uh, announce on Black Box that we have our first advertisement, and it is with our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, which is what we've been using since day one to record remotely with our guests, uh, and they've become a new sponsor for the show. So tune in, check out the podcast discount link in our show notes, and stay tuned to hear more about why we love Zencaster. All right, Maurice, thank you so much. I'm glad we can make this happen. Yeah, it's my uh, pleasure, brother. You want to just start by introducing yourself a little bit? Yeah, man. So uh, my name is Maurice Philogene. I am uh, based in Washington, D.C. as well, based in the Mediterranean. Uh, I split my time. I am uh, for the purpose, well, I am a real estate investor. I'm a philanthropist. I am out of the W-2 world now. Having been a police officer, a federal agent, a military officer, and um, an IT executive for 25 years. And now I'm spending a majority of my time building my company, Quattro Capital, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yes. Um, you know, buying apartment complexes and what have you in the United States. But I'm also a real estate developer in the Mediterranean, thanks to a new partner. So I'm building property on the island of Cyprus. But the number one thing I want people to know is I consider myself a freedom fighter. And by freedom fighter, I mean we can have we can all have our own lifestyles that we should not need a vacation from. And there's many ways of doing that. That is the epitome of what we think when we're going into college, right? Like we're going to make this money and develop our own sense of freedom. And then somewhere along the line, things get lost. 
And I never got lost on my journey. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that stuff. Why? I guess I'll just start right off. Why yeah. do you think some people get lost along the way? Peers and society. The pressure of what? Constantly being put down for trying to go outside the bounds of what society thinks we should do? Or like trying to push the envelope with, you know, investing in real estate? Yeah. You know what, bro? I, I don't. So I'm 46. I, let me just yeah. state that for your audience, right? I'm 46, but I got a 20s and 30s mindset. I'm, I'm not old by any means at all. But mm-hmm. I do remember being in my 20s and starting to jump into corporate life. And when, you know, when you're in college, when you're in grade school and high school and college, you, you, you are taught to be an employee. That's just a fact. There's, there's no mm-hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's, school is not set up for you to develop your own sense of freedom. What it's developed to do is to give you information to go be a good employee. It is truly on us to self-educate, to find our way out of that system if you want to. I loved working. I had no problem with it. It's just that I was very aware of creating a plan to get out of it if I wanted the option to. So when you say, why, why is it difficult? You're, you're, you're 18 or 21, depending on how you're coming out, whether it's high school or college, and all you see around you is cars and people with the title executive vice president and um, people telling you how to get there, which is to climb the ladder, do this, do that, go to the networking events so you can get the next role. No one is expressing to you how you take that amazing paycheck and systematically invest that or how you orient your lifestyle such that you have a freedom on a day-to-day basis. That is a something that is easily achievable. And there's a subset of a lot of people like me who've kind of figured it out in their own way. And real estate was just one tool and toolkit I used to get it. Yeah. So, I mean, along with real estate, I guess your Quattro Capital. Yep. I kind of want to touch on that. Uh, Quattro Capital, is that just in the real estate or is that a business just around investing and building your net worth in terms of owning solid assets? Yeah. So it's, 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 we call it an alternative investment company. We don't just do multifamily real estate, but we focus a lot there. Um, we're doing container homes now, land, et cetera. Um, but let me take one step back. Cause I, that sounds really heavy for someone who might be a young professional or something like that. Like, I started Quattro Capital in 2019, but I graduated college in 1997. So what the hell happened? This is a long time coming, yeah, between those. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. The, 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 my journey was when I graduated from college, I felt something. I just, I was not interested in sitting behind a desk for the rest of my life. I was very aware of it because my pops did a great thing and he sent me overseas to France to live with live with an exchange student's family that had stayed with me the summer before. Well, that kicked some shit off because I traveled around France for 30 days in an old stick shift Range Rover. For inner city kid, Haitian immigrant kid from Boston, that was a lot. It exposed me to so many things I knew nothing about. And that proved to me that the world was a lot bigger than Boston, Massachusetts or anything I love the U.S., but anything the U.S. or any other country had to offer, there are people and places and stuff to go do, feel, think about. I think that's an important thing because especially as you get caught up in the 9 to 5 W2 world, you kind of lose sense of everything else that's out there. You lose it. Yeah, you you do lose it, brother. Because don't you remember when you and I were in elementary school how new 
everything was. It was and, it was all yeah. new. That innate right? nature to just ask questions and learn about everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that tends to go away. So the journey started like this. I picked up the book Personal Finance for Dummies when I was 21, just happenstance. I was in New York and I saw the book. I don't know why I picked it up. There was a passage in there on passive income. What I understood about passive income, it's income that was divorced of your need to physically be somewhere. I was like, oh shit, that's that's my kind of yeah. that's my kind of income. That's that's mailbox money, right? Real estate seemed to do that. I bought a place to live. It appreciated thirty grand. This is in two thousand two. My dad said, "Son, you made thirty thousand. and I was like, "Say what?" He explained the equity, right? I went to the library. Read a bunch of books. We didn't have Google back then, like y'all, y'all, y'all. You guys have ever <laughs> got it easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to the Fairfax County, Virginia Library. I read a bunch of books, and I ended up buying ten more properties that same year. Um, and it led to this thing of me buying properties over the year, me systematically using my paycheck to pay off those properties. And by 2014, I had 18 paid off places, so I was making more from property than I was from my job. That's, that's how I yeah. did it. I feel like at that point though, you know, when you have paid off 18 properties, your mindset was already, you were thinking way beyond that, right? Tons. Yeah. Because it wasn't about the money. And you know what? It's when, more like the idea that clicks. And that's one yes. thing I wanted to say. Is it, was it something in your mind? Uh, I forget the term, but usually they, when you invent something, there's a, they call it flash of genius. Is it something like it clicked one day or it was something over time? Because, of course, mm. this is something that you build. You don't just get all the knowledge at once. But no. for me, the, the moment that I realized I wanted to devote to this and it's something that's possible and it's not mm -hmm. something that, you know, you, you have to be an executive to be able to have these things or enjoy this type of life. No. And it, then since then, I kind of have just hit the ground running. You're, you're figuring it out, brother. And I, I, I commend you because... People think that they want, people think that they need or must have a million or a billion dollars to be free. And that's it's and it's not about that. Yeah. No, what, what they, what people actually want is the lifestyle that they think millionaires and billionaires live. That's what, that's yeah. what you want. But digital nomads have had it figured out for a very long time, right? Mobile, mobile lifestyle, making 40, 50 grand a year, nowadays way more money, but yeah. limited expenses, and they're out there. They're experiencing life. And that's the thing, brother. That's the thing. We are not intended to be on this planet to just exist. We're not. We are intended to be on this planet to thrive and to live. Um, we just get caught up in the rat race motion of stuff. And that rat race, it's like has a, a, a dulling effect on people where you get up, do the same shit every single day, etc. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why I think people kind of lose the the curiosity to try and go figure stuff out to win their freedom. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but with Zencaster, the product that we use to record our episodes, it doesn't really have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process pretty quick and painless. 
which is, you know, the way we really want it to be. If you've been listening to The Black Box for a while now, you know that we constantly talk about how we want to bring the best quality and the best content for our listeners, you guys. And with Zencaster, they provide crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video for us as we record our episodes with our guests. Uh, not to mention it's easy to use. That's why we really like it because instead of having to coach, you know, guests on how to set up a podcast if they haven't been on one before, we basically just say show up with a mic and a, a computer and you're good to go with Zencaster. Zencaster is all about making your podcast experience easy and and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools, if you want to use those, uh, you don't even have to leave your browser to get the entire episode done. If you go to zen.ai slash blackbox and enter our promo code blackbox, you'll get 30% off on your first three months of Zencaster Pro. That's zen.ai slash blackbox, B-L-A-C-K-B-O-X. It's time to share your story. Yeah, and I, definitely. I, you go, man. I, yeah, I have a question for you, Maurice. Yeah, bro. Um what did you study in college and did that have any impact on like your mindset or how your current, like no. did anything? It didn't. I studied mechanical engineering. Mechanical it engineer. was, it was you, you right on brother. And you know, the good thing about engineering, we, we, we're, we're just problem solvers. That's all engineering is. You're, you're yep. a problem solver. Right. And sometimes you yep. figure out that there's more than one answer to a question, even if it's a mathematical equation you know but um i just did engineering because it was math problems i just didn't want to write a paper in sociology that was <laughs> that was all it is but I, I don't want to i don't want to discount school or college or anything because it did give me a foundation and because of that amazing degree from my amazing university i got an amazing job with my consulting firm accenture where i stayed for 25 years um but the the difference is I use I'm at the difference is I use that paycheck systematically. Like I didn't go buy dumb stuff. I did once or twice, but in general, I saved or what I call stored sixty to seventy percent of everything I made over twenty five years, and I invested it yeah. without fail. I was defiantly committed to the word freedom, no matter how. Um, yeah. So the degree. No, they didn't really teach me nothing. It was self-education that taught me everything. I was curious and I started reading books and started just doing stuff and course correcting along the way, whether it was real estate, restaurants, or other businesses. Got you. Uh, is there any other type of like real estate, like commercial real estate or any, or maybe expanding into like different cities or locations? Is there anything like that that would interest you? Well, I'm in commercial now. So what I do now, so what I was talking about with buying stuff through 2014, that was condos and sometimes okay. townhomes and homes. Single multifamily? Single or multi? All single family, bro. I didn't know anything about multifamily. So um, when you figured that out. Yeah, everything changed. <laughs> everything changed. Everything changed. Um, the, the single family was about my freedom. Okay. The multifamily starting in 2016 was about my family's freedom and freedom for other people. So here's yeah. the difference. Here's the difference between single and a multi that people don't know generally. And I didn't know either. Single family, when me and you go get a mortgage, it goes on our credit and we are responsible for that tool. Multifamily is totally different. The, the mortgage is secured by the property itself. So it's called non-recourse, meaning I'm not responsible for the debt. My reputation will rely on it, but I am not 
responsible for it. So let's say I own a townhouse, okay? And I raise the rent on that townhouse by 50 bucks. That's an extra 600 bucks for the year because that's 50 times 12. That's 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Eh, okay. Let's say I own a 200-unit apartment complex. And I raise... 200 is... Well, no, not 600. If I raise the rent 50 bucks on 200 units, that's an extra $480,000 a year. Well, yeah, I was saying if the 600 for, per each per unit, unit. Per unit, per unit. Yeah. You got it. But here's the difference. While that townhome might increase in value because the next one sold, so it's worth 10 grand more, the multifamily, the value of the multifamily is based off the revenue. So that extra 480 grand of revenue annually means that that property, depending on something called cap rate, that property is worth $8 million more just because the rent went up 50 bucks. Wow. So you see okay. the scale is totally <clears throat> different. Yeah. Um, that's why multi is so powerful. Okay. So you're, you're, are you saying that apartment complexes, or you started off with the condos, mm-hmm. and now you're doing more apartment complexes? Yeah. Is that is that commercial real estate or is that still some is that still residential and some No, way? that's commercial. Anything above 4 units is considered commercial real estate. Residential, okay. commercial residential. And you buy them in or or they're usually sold in batches of what what's the sizing or it can really vary. It, it varies. I mean, I've owned a 12 unit building and I've owned a portfolio of properties together of 270 apartments all at once. And the way I buy them is I'll find the right property in the right market, realize that I can improve. Everything is about improving the quality of life for my residents. I am not going to be a slumlord. It will never happen. My mission is to help people. That's why I was a street cop. That's why I was in the, in the military. But now I'm helping people through real estate. So if I can improve the quality of that, think about it. If an apartment complex is built in the 1980s, okay, that means it has 1980s finishes. If it was never renovated, it's 2022 and people are out there living with green toilets and laminate or linoleum floors, right? So if I can improve the quality of that, totally renovate it, raise the rent. We just talked about 50 bucks. Now imagine raising the rent 200, okay? Yeah. Then that property value goes up so high, the way that I can buy it, borrowing a portion from the bank and then raising the rest needed to do the work from private investors, those private investors get a better than average return. The residents get an awesome home. I make a great return. The community wins because you have improved property. And quality of living. There you go, brother. See, people I, don't yeah. understand what, what is going on underneath. They're just, yo, that real estate investor is just out there making money. No, we're out there changing lives. And as a result, we get to make money from doing it. For the younger audience mm-hmm. that's looking to get into this stuff, how, I mean, even myself too, because I'm trying to as well. Uh, how would you recommend like scaling? Because I feel like it's, you know, the, the beginning is almost the most difficult part mm-hmm. to start getting the ball rolling, start figuring out how things work, make those connections, mm-hmm. meet those investors, figure out how to, you know, work in those situations. How do you go from owning one or two or three or five investment properties to owning 200 doors, a thousand doors? Yep. Yep. People, people and resources. So, the 14-year stretch that I did just single family was just Mo. It was just me. Yeah. Self-managing. I got up to 35 single family homes. They was far from each other. Uh, 
Maryland, Delaware border down to Southern Virginia. So 300 miles. You were still working. Well, yeah, I was working during the day as an exec and as a street cop at night and doing real estate on the weekends. I was not wow. playing around at all. Yeah. At all. But I could only do so much on my own. There's only so much time in a day. I did great. But the, and I did the first, I think, six, five or six multifamily deals on my own. It was two mobile home parks and a couple of apartment complexes I did on my own. I did great, but dude, it was such a slog. Here's where everything changed. I was at a real estate conference in 2018. I met my now partner, Erin. I donated to a charity. We became friends. She called me in late 2019. She said, Maurice, you want to do a deal with me and these other people? We did that deal. It was a 30-unit complex 36 unit complex in in tennessee but we we enjoyed each other's company we saw that we had complementary skills so we decided to form quattro capital together and over time we've gotten better so we've done 22 complexes in less than two years how am i going to do 22 complexes on my own it's impossible you have to build a team I would much rather, and this is especially for the young generation, people, every, everybody wants to own everything, want to own 100% of that little grape. No. Better to own, from my perspective, better Divide to own concrete. 10% of a bunch of watermelons all over the place because you're leveraging the skill set and the time of a lot of people. And when you pull all that together, the results magnify. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So that's what that's what has happened. So when I smirked, when you were like, Single family versus multifamily, I'm like, man, I can do a multifamily deal and take a seven-figure check and then go with that seven-figure check and do my philanthropy work. Um, it, it is just a different level of movement of money. It's unlocking a different type of margins, right? Yep. And, and there are investors out there, or I don't want to say investors. There are good people out there who bust their ass at work to save up a certain amount of money and they have a hundred grand, you, you, you would be the surprise. I was stunned the amount of people that have that amount of money just laying around, but and they're they, not using it. They're not using it. Putting it to work at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and they can in the stock market or 401k, but what is that going to do for them right now? Um, not providing much passive income, at which all, is really brother, the goal, which is the goal because the ultimate goal is time. It's the only yes. true resource we have is time. There's 28,000 days in a lifetime. When you hit 40, you have 14,000 left. You're on the back slope. Okay. I, I know that I'm in the uh, 11,053 range today. I know where I am. So I'm not playing around with this stuff. I don't think anybody should. But yeah. what I would say is people in your generation and likely the people who are listening, don't don't trip about time. You, you have an enormous amount of it. Be patient. Um, I think that's where for whatever it's worth, I think that's where your generation is doesn't get the benefit of what I got, what my parents got, which was we had to struggle to make things work, and we were not an instant society. Y'all have Uber, instant popcorn, Postmates, grocery delivery. Everything just shows up. Everything's right here. Yeah. It's right at your fingertips. So people aren't used to struggling. Even if you get a windfall of money, let's say through Bitcoin, oh, man. I made 500 grand selling Bitcoin. Yeah, but you haven't developed the skills necessary to multiply it or to, to keep use it. it. Yeah. You just don't 100%. know. Yeah. So I don't know. I just throw that out there. Patience and consistency are the best two business partners in the world. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, you know, this all kind of started for me a couple of years ago when the initial COVID crash happened. And that's what started to get me into stocks, which allowed me to meet a couple of people, which opened my eyes to passive income. And then I read a few books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first one that I read that yeah. really opened my eyes. Yeah. And then that led to a, a windfall of, you know, I think I never read books growing up. That wasn't something that I liked. I wasn't that kid that read in the past two years since I started taking this stuff on. I think I've read 15 books, which isn't even a lot. There's progress to be made. But yeah. the knowledge I've tapped into from these books is just incredible. I, let me, I want to tell you something about books. And this goes back to my comment about instant generation. All right. I, f- I feel y'all. I use podcasts a lot. I learn a ton of information from them. I learn a ton of information from the internet. There's this thing called books that really successful people write down exactly what they did, how it affected them, and how you can do it. If you will just take the time to read from page one to page 182 and really absorb it. The problem is people go on Google and they look for the quick fix and they think one page of information is going to get them where they need to go. Books are incredible because people like myself, I'm going to write a book, but people like myself want to give back to people like you guys because you're coming up behind us and we need you to do the right things in society and stuff. And we'll literally show you the fundamentals by which they created their uh, millions or billions or impact to society because not everything's about money. Yeah. Or how they became this or how they became that. Man, books are one of the most powerful things. But And when you do get a book, pick three and just deep dive those for a long time. There's so much information out there now. If you don't put blinders on and just go, you're just going to get distracted by a lot of different things. What's that saying where uh, I constantly hear people use it when you just get stuck because you're overthinking? Analysis paralysis. Yeah. Yeah, analysis paralysis. And one of the one of the if you ask me the the best thing I ever learned in my journey, okay, was to just do and course correct along the way. You remember you remember I told you about hitting a library when my dad told me I made that 30 grand? Once I read those books, I had a contract on a property in a week. If I didn't if I did the analysis paralysis thing and stayed in the library reading book after book after book before I executed on something, I, I have a property. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be on 30 apartment complexes now because you, there, there comes a point of diminishing return in trying to absorb more information. You just got to do it and learn or partner with someone who has the information because they can collapse your timeline to getting stuff done too. Yeah. Like hit me, brother, hit me. Come on. <laughs> now that you own all of the complexes and everything, what do you do when you wake up till you go to sleep Monday through Friday over the weekend? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a weekend weekday separation at all? No, I just have days, because but that has like nothing this. to do with the apartment complexes. I was financially free before I just have days. Right. So, um, no, you can, you can orient yourself to get that level of freedom without necessarily having to create an investment firm the way that I did. I could have done that just by generating four or five grand of passive income from the beginning, right? And make, yeah. making sure to keep your 
making sure to keep your expenses down low, right? Yep. So that, that I could have done it that way. It just so happens that I have the ability to create a larger scale of assets at this point, um, and I can do more with it. Yeah. One quick question would be, how are you adapting? Because you're still acquiring and you're still working here. How are you adapting to the raising rates in the U.S.? I see you've been venturing outside of the U.S., so. Yeah, so there are cycles. There, there, There are cycles to real estate markets. I went through a cycle in 2008 and struggled through it. I am very aware of how to manage those cycles now because I've studied. I've read books, right? Of course. Um. For example, the deal that I just closed, which was a $25 million, 210 unit, not I closed, me and my partners closed. Let me make that clear. I'm part of a team and I love them. If we we did that deal and we purchased the rate cap for that particular mortgage product, and that will make sure that that mortgage product stays at 4.5% for a very long time. Okay, but that costs an enormous amount of money and you have to you have to make sure that you can raise that money to do the things that you need to do. Does that make sense, right? Yeah. So you can you can go, you can figure out what you need to do to deal with the market, but that comes with like a lot of a lot of learning, a lot of uh, experience, and uh, you know, working in the real estate market over time. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and going back to <clears throat> how I got started during the COVID market, I feel like the past two years or maybe year and a half, uh-huh. it took me that period of time to realize what I needed to do. Of course, still have a lot of learning to go, but built that foundation. It's a little bit ironic, but good that now is the time that things are starting to come down, going through a bear market, seeing rates rise. If you can learn what you need to during these times, you should be able to last when things are you know, prospering and running to the upside, correct? Yeah, because there's a skill set there. It goes back to the thing that I told you with respect to like if somebody makes a windfall in Bitcoin, they, they haven't learned anything. Yeah, they've made a windfall. I think that's great. But there's a skill set that comes with it that has even more value than the... Because you know how you, you, yep. you hear billionaires talk about, look, if I lost all my billions today, I could build it back up. Yep. The skill, set, those skills. the skill set is what's valuable, not the money. You money Money is just a consequence of you doing something good. I like that. That was well said. No, that's true. And uh, I've seen some posts on Instagram, some like motivational posts where it's like, if we ended up really giving a million dollars to every person in the world, theoretically, everyone in a, in a few years would be back at the same point that they were. Because oh, yeah. just because you own that capital, you haven't acquired the skills to like properly respect that amount of money and know how to utilize it effectively. Right. And like that's people lottery that winners, right? That's yep. that's lottery winners. There's no skill set there. So the skill set that I have now is not something that I just picked up in the last year. I mean, it's over decades coming. of experience and failures and successes and partnering with the right people, sometimes partnering with the wrong people. I, and don't get me wrong, bro. I've, I've had businesses where I totally burned. But the, the, the thing about my journey is like I, I tried to start a coffee shop. That didn't work. I lost 25 grand on that. I've invested in a bunch of restaurants and still own a few of them, but a lot of them didn't work, burned out. Um, I had to figure out over time what made the most sense for me. Um, but I, you know, like, why be scared of going after that thing? Because to me, sitting still is failure. So if you, 
don't sit still and you start something and you fail, you haven't lost anything. You only learn things. You only learn things. You just sitting around. Everyone is nervous about trying new things. I think that's the wrong approach. You should be excited to try new things, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But again, that kind of plays into society. It plays into society. That's right. Or how society looks at these things. Because if you do start something up and it fails, people are, you, you can't really care any bit about what people think about you because if you try these things and they don't work out and you care what they have to say, they're going to say negative things and then that's going to get to you and keep you from trying the next opportunity. That's right. That's right. And when people ask me what's the, what was the hardest thing about the journey, it was peers. I remember you making a post on LinkedIn about that where you were, you know, quoting or soft quoting some comments that you heard throughout the years. Oh, I think he, I so rarely talk about people, man, because people grow too and everybody changes. Of course. Yeah, no one specific, but. Yeah. They, well, no, I, I mentioned one person specific. Um, this is very early in my career, someone that I worked with at that firm. And that person told me that I was making a mistake by having outside of work ventures. And also because not, not everything was about money for me. And I don't think freedom comes from money. Freedom comes from, well, there's financial freedom, there's time freedom, there's geographic freedom, there's freedom to execute on your purpose. So I became a street cop when I was 33 because I wanted to do that. And there's freedom to build meaningful relationships. The way that I'm doing business in the Mediterranean now is because I found a guy, he's from there, he was willing to take me under his wing and teach me everything that he knows. That looked... There are there is freedom that comes from meeting the right people, but we need time to meet the right people, right? So me sitting in an office on K Street in DC for 18 hours a day and then being exhausted, I got no time to meet people like you. Yep. Right? So I was yeah. always very aware of oh, there's a lot of things we can do to get certain versions of freedom. I, I don't want people to always think it's just a, a money thing. It's, it's not. Thanks for trusting that. Yeah, because it's not. It's what that what that allows you to do. Yeah. Oh, and that's and what. Sorry, I just want to finish one thought. My my bad. Yep. And no, the reason ahead. I brought up the the different kinds of freedom is because in that example of that guy who told me that, I I left the role I was doing in D.C. in favor of a virtual role to support international clients in like twelve countries for the company. Well, that that was going to stunt my upward mobility because I wasn't following the typical path of how people get promoted. I didn't care. The reason I didn't care is because I knew I was going to build relationships and have experiences that you cannot place a value on at all. Right. So yeah, it stunted my growth, but I knew how to use the paycheck to systematically invest in real estate over time. So I won. And I just wanted to reiterate one more time that this episode was made with Zencaster and check out our coupon code below if you're interested to utilize their tools. I agree. That's a good point. Yeah. I, in February, I took a position change at a new company when I was on a, you know, an expedited path to like a management, I guess, whatever you want to call that, a leadership role, mm-hmm. leadership path. And, you know, I, I took the different role because it's remote. It opened up my schedule. It allowed me to fit all the, make more time for this podcast, for networking, for you know, studying up on trading because that's something that I'm really passionate about. And I feel like that just plays into everything that you're talking about because if you listen to what everyone has to say, I might still be there. And I had maybe an hour a day to work on my passions working in that position. 
And and I I I agree with you, but I I will caveat all that by saying there ain't nothing wrong with working really hard to get the max amount of pay that you can get to then deploy that pay to do something special. Like this this thing of like, no, nah, I'm not really gonna work. I'm 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 just gonna be remote all the time, or that's not me. I'm I'm gonna find a way to. Oh, work is work is good. It's meaningful. We need struggle. We need struggle to be successful. It's just like you need weights to grow. You you need something pressing on you to 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 make shit happen. So that that time frame where I was an exec during the day and a police officer at night that was horrible from a sleep perspective. But man, that struggle taught me so much that what I have the capability to put on me, right? There's 24 hours in a day, and I was willing to work for 20 of it. I just found ways to sleep in the cracks for like 12 years. You know, I'm not. I, listen, that's a very extreme yeah. example, but what that has created on the business front and on the philanthropy front, and me helping other people, I know how much I have the capacity to take on. You know, so I think struggle is good, man. Everyone's trying to find a quick way out, and I'm like, what? it's a journey, bro. Like. Enjoy yourself. Do it, but just use the money the right way and use the experiences the right way. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I know I know you touched on peers earlier. Um, could you speak to mentorship in your life? So like mm-hmm. your mentors and people that you are a mentor for? Mentors are a beautiful thing and they are a double-edged sword as well. So I'll talk about the what I think is a good part of mentorship. When I started in multifamily, I had a mentor. I paid for a mentor, actually. And what that mentor did was not give me the internal mechanics of buying large-scale property. What, what he did was break down my limiting beliefs that I could even do it. And, man, how old was I? I think I was 38 or something. And this guy was probably 55, white dude. I'm a younger black dude, gets on a plane because apparently he saw something in me, decides to get on a plane from Providence, Rhode Island, flies down to D.C., says, clear your schedule for two days. And then he proceeded to verbally whiplash me (laughs) and literally (laughs) saying, and I appreciate this about him, literally saying in his own way, why do you think an old guy like me, an old white guy like me can go out and buy a large scale property and a younger black guy like you cannot? What, what is it? What is happening? Like he challenged the shit out of me. I respect that because one of the issues I had is I never really saw someone who looked like me doing what I do now. I had that issue. All I would see was white dudes and a lot of women, but there was no brown and black people doing it. Not from my perspective. And I so appreciated of his first name is Craig. I'm so appreciative. He did that because three weeks later I had a contract on a mobile home park. I just started saying, why not me? And that just opened the floodgate. So a, a mentor can collapse your time to do things. The other thing a mentor can do is fill the gap of knowledge you don't have. So instead of me going to the library to read how to build real estate on a Mediterranean island, I just found a partner who's kind of like my mentor. And I asked him if I could provide value in the form of money and other things. And he decided to take me under his wing. So within a year time frame, I'm on my third and fourth development. Mo, how did you do that so fast? How did you figure that out? Who goes to a foreign country to mentors, people? 
All right. Now, the other side, the double edged side I talked to you about was I think people use mentors as a crutch and an, an excuse. Well, I'll get a mentor one day and I'll do this. Or my mentor told me the best way to do something is this. Eventually, it comes down to you acting on your own, no matter what. A mentor is there just to give you some information and keep you accountable. That's it. Once I realized that it, it is just all up to me, the fire started like that day, like that moment that I realized that it's all up to me. It's, all, it's not like a panic, but it's like I was excited that I, I it was up to me. Like I could do something. It's not the fact that other people are in control of my future. It's you. It, 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 you. We have the ultimate power to make decisions like nobody's business. The, the, the challenge is, and I totally understand it, we get clouded. Instagram clouds us. LinkedIn clouds us. All the 20 young 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds now that you know, are driving around exotic cars and Lambos. And, and how long do you think that's going to last? It's garbage. They don't have the skill set. A majority of the millionaires and billionaires that exist in this world drive simple stuff. You know why? Because they have developed a muscle. Just like you go to the gym to develop that bicep, wealthy people develop the muscle of taking money and investing it and using what's rest to using the rest to live. Every time I try and go buy a new car, my mind is like, yeah, I need that money. I want to go invest in another asset. So I'm still driving a very humble infinity that I've had for 15 years. I don't, I don't, I don't care. A car is to get me from point A to B. But the 50 grand that I was going to use to buy a Tesla cash, instead of that, I used it to buy Tesla stock. And that was eight years ago. So think about what's happened to that money, right? Yeah. It, it is a very different mindset altogether. And I think... Uh... Definitely something that I struggle with sometimes and still do is realizing that it's it's a momentum building thing. It's a snowball effect. It is a like snowball you said, eight, effect. Eight years. When you look back and say, oh, I bought Tesla stock eight years. Now we say, oh, that was a great decision. But in the moment, everyone is expecting returns immediately when... Yeah, I don't care. I, if I buy an asset, I usually buy it with the mindset that I'm probably going to keep it for the rest of my life. That's what I've been trying to transition to. Buy something. Yeah, you can buy assets. Of course, we're not going to keep everything. But in general, the reason why I have the ability to keep everything is because my lifestyle is still the same as it was in 2012. My house is still the same. My car is still the same. I live off pretty much the same. I don't, the only thing I spend an exorbitant amount of money in is travel, and that's worth it because experiences are incredibly important for our life book, right? Um, but if you can just keep things, things generally gain value over long periods of time, right? People are so fascinated and psychologically touched by dips and recessions and this and that. And I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't need that for another 50 years. I'm, I'm good. I'll buy some more. you, You secure your basic life. That's what I did with those single families. And I've grown everything else outside of it. Right. So you know, you just buy stuff, you keep it, and it grows in value, and you're, you're creating generational stuff for yourself, your family, and your future kids, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and also when you, or at least this is how I feel, as you start to develop that plan for yourself and build, you know, the build not only your portfolio but your entire approach to the investing and financial freedom game, game, quote-unquote, uh, 
oh, it's almost because you know your plan, it's almost easier to be sound in those situations because you have that foundation and know I have the foundation. What, what I'm looking for this. This is what I know it works for me. Yes. So then you're not stressed out and thrown around by, oh, Doge ran 3 million percent and Shiba Inu, you know, it, like. Yeah. You know, you know what that is? That's chasing money. Yeah. FOMO. Yeah. That you're is, that out. is flat out chasing money. Pitbull has a clip that's pretty viral everywhere where he, he talks about, you know, if you if you chase money, it runs. It's true. If you chase stuff, it runs from you. If you if you earn it and you you buy it for the right reasons to hit a goal, then it, it stays with you. So if I see Shibu Uno or Bitcoin or something crash, yeah, I could buy some of it, and yeah, I'd probably make a fair amount of money. Yeah, but I'm I'd much rather hit my goals of helping people, buying large scale property, long term, live my life. So I, I chase nothing. I, I, I just go after the things that I understand and I do really well. Yeah, okay. you have anything? I was going to give you a sec because I've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been waiting good. for this combo, my bad. Yeah, so I, I guess like, like before we wrap up, I just want to ask you like what's next? Like what do you think, mm-hmm. what do you want your next five years or your next 10 years to look like? I made a post on LinkedIn. I don't know if you saw it, John, but um, about pivots, life pivots. Pivoting is a way of creating a lifestyle, if you will. And I talked about when I was 21, I wanted to be in the military. When I was, oh, I wanted to be in the NFL. I, that didn't that didn't work. But when but I entered the military. I pivoted back to trying out for the NFL when I was 27. I pivoted by going to real estate. I pivoted by trying to buy restaurants. I pivoted uh, by going into multifamily. I pivoted again by becoming a street cop. I pivoted again by doing Mediterranean real estate. I am looking for my next pivot. It does not mean that I don't want to do the things that I've already done. It means that I am very interested in keeping my brain in the beginner's mindset. I don't want to be the perfect thing at what I do. That means I'm not learning. Didn't Jeff yeah. Bezos just leave Amazon or he, he kind of took a backseat in Amazon now? Like he's not learning anymore. Yeah. He's just existing. And the moment you start existing is the moment you start dying. So the, the, the thing you said, Ahmed, is like, what do you want to do? I have some hooks into some things that are not in real estate that I just won't say here just because it's um, not private, but I just don't want to put it out there. It's an industry that I know absolutely nothing about where I can help a ton of people. Same theme, helping people. And I know that if I can help people, it meets one of my purposes of being loved by a community because that means I did something really good for a lot of people. So I'm going to keep pivoting to things where I have to learn, but I know that the outcome is going to be helping people in some way. And in none of that did you hear me talking about I'm trying to chase money. Money is going to come in a big way because I just know that if you help people in general and you produce outcomes, money tends to show up in every form of the word. Provide value. 100%. That's why I'm on this podcast, by the way. I have things to do. I do. But I'm so appreciative that you guys are even interested in someone like my story because you are where I was 25 years ago. So who would I be if I'm not giving back, telling you how I messed up or how I succeeded such that you can go down your own version of it? This is my way of giving back and trying to help people is getting my voice Thank out you. there. 
We appreciate it, man. I appreciate that too. And John, you've seen it, right? On on LinkedIn. You're you're a mentor to everyone, if you want. I love it. Call it that. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love it. I don't ask for anything. I don't want nothing from people. I just want people to go down the path of creating a lifestyle they don't need a vacation from, because I did it. That's why, again, the money isn't the thing. Not. Even if that means generating, I mean, it's harder in these days, 50,000, but you know, just what you need to... To, you need to ask yourself, what is the life that I want? Yeah. And then figure out what you need to do to make that happen. That's it's it. never been about, I need to hoard as much wealth as possible. What, yeah, what is that? It's, just about, it's living, it's meeting people, having these conversations, yeah. enjoying life, yeah. making experiences, yeah. loving everybody around you. And I feel like that's would in some way or another improve the overall quality of the world. Because when you're living a life you enjoy every day, or at least chasing after that, mm-hmm. it removes a lot of that space and room for the negativity to creep in. Right. I'm impressed. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better than what you said. And and I'm sure one, part of the reason why you have that perspective is because you are listening to people who've kind of been down certain paths. That's the beauty of social media. I 1, will give it that. Yeah. Man, just like the information being in a book, there are people like me and who've done 38 times what I've ever done who are freely giving of themselves because they really want people to benefit from it one way, one way or the other. And when I see people like you guys picking up on it and trying to interview and get information out there like that, that's why I take my time to, to try and give stuff. So whatever, for all your listeners who are listening, man, I, I just, you know, there are five versions of freedom, five principles. You can, Track me down on LinkedIn with it, but it's financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom. It's like all my mail is virtualized. I can, all my businesses are virtualized. I don't have no employees. I don't want brick and mortar. I need to pick up and get on a plane and end up in Greece and sit there for four months if I want. That's geographic freedom. There's freedom of purpose. I didn't become a police officer for the money at 33. I did it because I wanted to give back to my community. If you are doing a job that is purposeful to you, you are free because you get up doing your God-given purpose every day. And that's a life worth living. And then Amen. lastly, there's freedom to build meaningful relationships. It's how I got into business. It's how I'm meeting interesting people from across the world. Relationships are everything and we need them to grow. They have more value than money, more value than money. It is how Quattro Capital scaled. You asked me about that. I didn't scale it. My partners helped me scale it. Those relationships are so precious to me. I take the time. Oh, I just want to give this last point. This will give you an idea of what I'm saying. I just got back from Greece and Cyprus. I was there for 10 days. The reason I went there was not to go look at my real estate development projects there. The reason I went was to get into the habit of being there on a regular basis such that the people I care about over there see me and feel me. Now, he is investing in over here from a people perspective. He does want to be here. So I go over there. I invest time in those relationships. That ain't got nothing to do with real estate or money or anything. It's people and experiences and what you can learn from them and give to them. So I think that's a good example for me to give you guys how much I value building relationships with people. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. it's, a, it's another form of investing and a much more valuable one at that. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. That's why we do the podcast. We. At no point in time was this ever, we want to blow up. We want to make money off this podcast. We're trying to monetize this. And we're just you, trying if, to make, if create you a do, pl- If you do. At some point, maybe, fantastic. yeah. Fantastic. Maybe at some point, yeah. Yeah, but the real point is 
exactly what you're talking about. Even though we're so early in the journey, if we can yeah. do anything possible to help my friends, like I, when I'm with my friends that aren't involved in this stuff, all I talk about is this, because maybe if I can just plant a small a seed, seed in their, in their brain, mind. yeah, they can have a different get, life. Yeah entirely different life and yeah. we're so early in the game now i could change someone's trajectory so for everybody listening it's like you don't have to agree or believe everything that comes out of our mouths it's just get the idea of what we're trying to put across and bring bringing these valuable guests on and hopefully you I can f- implement something to improve your life yeah i feel i feel like other other people's stories and their life experiences are so valuable like especially somebody who's who's lived through similar situations or um maybe in like uh done something that you want to do when you read their take on it or when you hear about it or watch it like however you consume your media it it just kind of gives you like an outline of what you can expect and i don't know prepares you for it like I, we, yeah. we actually, the two of us did a recording recently about the interview process and because we did it and we were both, we're both finally done with it. And we're talking of like looking back on it, mm-hmm. like the way I, the way I prepared, I mostly used YouTube and that's because I like to consume media through video yeah, and audio. That's, that's good. Yeah. And I probably watched like a hundred or even maybe 100 200 hours of or uh, maybe maybe not that much let's say 50 dozens of hours of preparation just watching other people talk and what they need what they did to succeed or what you can do to succeed that's right yeah so i that, that's it and 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 i appreciate that man and there's a lot of people doing good things just do as they do not necessarily what they said like you can just mimic what good people are doing and you'll be successful. That's how simple then, it is nowadays. It's just that people along are, the way. That's it, bro. And, but people are too impatient. Very impatient. So, you know, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Um, you know, if there's anything Thank I can do so for much. you guys, you, you let me know. But keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting stories out there. All it's going to do is help people. And um, I will say, lastly, your job, from my perspective, is to put good info out. It's their job to get it and utilize it, you know. Like I don't, I'll tell people things about my life journey. If they pick up on it, I'll help them. If they are like, ah, no, nah, I'm going to go become, you know, get this title. Right, do your thing. As I have long no, as that's what you want. I have no interest in chasing people, but I do have interest in helping people. Oh yeah. I don't think you need to chase anybody. You're, <laughs> you've already proved yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It was my pleasure. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Maurice. All righty. Let's uh, now that we're wrapped up, you know where to find us at Black Box Podcast. No A in the Black on Instagram and Twitter. There is an A in the Black on TikTok. And uh, thanks again, Maurice, for coming on. That that was a great conversation. I love that. Um, That's why I was so excited every time I brought it up that we got him for an interview because that was just fifty minutes of straight value. Yep. Yep. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one, and we'll see you again next week. See you guys.